that you don't know car seats expire, which I, it's one of those things you just don't know what you don't know until you start having kids. Well, that's what Lake said. She was like, I didn't even know that for a long time. And I was like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, they, I think it takes... It's like eight years or something? Something like that. I don't know. But it, I mean, it's a few years. It's not like they expire like in weeks on like bread or something. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you would think, why the hell are the cars I mean, I guess expire? it makes sense. I mean, you don't want your, your buckle to fail or like whatever, whatever it is. That I don't know if the plastic... Because I mean, some of it is... I mean, it's obviously metal and some plastic, right? I don't know if the plastic weakens or maybe, maybe the straps weaken over a period of time to where if it gets enough force that maybe it could possibly tear. And I'm sure it's, it's kind of like, you know cover your own ass kind of deal where yeah. it could probably last a lot longer, but any, any deviation in that could, you know, they could possibly get sued over sued or whatever or it may be. And so they definitely make it to where they're they, covering their ass. Covering their ass kind of deal. This is what I would probably have to assume. And so, uh, but no, it is, it is weird. The transition growing up. Cause like I said, I mean, I remember literally falling asleep in my, on the, Back seat of my grandmother's Cadillac between the windshield and the back seat, and go take Are a nap up there. About, so like I'm sitting in the back seat. Okay, so like old school, rest, and then there's that flat area right behind it exactly. between the windshield and the yeah. So like like people not, put like pillows and shit exactly right. right? Yeah. So that that okay. little bitty ledge area yeah, on the back seat kind of scary. That's sketchy. Isn't it? <laughs> that's a little sketchy. Yeah. So you have you know that I mean what think think about now like how small you were you know, like as you look at that space now it's not much space yeah. back there. But literally just crawling up in there and going to sleep between the back seat, that little ledge of the back seat, and the Sunday windshield. Back there. Yeah, exactly. That's or just or just chilling in the on the center console. No, I've done that. Definitely done that. You know, and so right on top of the cup holders. Yeah. yeah, I still remember like my grandmother drove a bus, and so a lot of times, like you know, during the summer or whatever it may be, I might be with her during the summer, and she would have to do some a bus route or like go and take you know some kids on a on a field trip that you know or a daycare or something like that and there had this like little bitty ledge next to her steering wheel that i would sit on in a school bus it's just it's just weird thinking about like, like non-safety precautions that yeah. you just you just didn't know what you just didn't know i guess but i mean it wouldn't take much for a kid to fly through a freaking windshield not being strapped in obviously i don't understand how i mean i guess people did die like that but like i feel like so many people died like that back then or like so many more should have died like that because I feel like that was just like such a normal thing. Oh yeah, I mean nobody like people like just like sitting however, like not wearing seatbelts, so just like chilling doing. There's still a lot of older generation people who just refuse to wear seatbelts. They just don't. Just don't. Or you look at even old cars. That's like, like such a normal thing for me. I don't. Like, yeah, I don't know what year, um, like head, like like headrest or whatever you want to call that. Or maybe. Or actually, like enforcing cars. Like you look at old timey cars, there is no headrest behind it. So, like, it really stops, like, between, like, your upper back. So, like, if you were to get, when she, like, rear-ended, boom, you get thrown, throw head back, you know. And so, I mean, any old-timey cars don't have any of that stuff. That's kind of crazy. I still remember, like, my stepdad bought, like, a 1940 or 60-something truck, like, probably was in high school, just as, like, a little fun ride thing. And literally, if you took the back, like, it's just a single-cap truck, mm-hmm. and you take the, uh, the back seat of it down... The gas tank was really right behind it. Right behind you? Like, you could literally see the gas tank. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah, golly. Or even the uh, the cigarette lighters in the in the door. You remember, did you in ever hear that? Door? You don't remember how, like, my grandmother's Cadillac was a yellow Cadillac. I always remember them being, like, right in front of you. Yeah, like, the center right console. The stereo the console. But literally, like, the old school cars, like, probably, like, the 80s cars, maybe in 70s cars, were, like, in the actual car doors. Like even the back seat had a cigarette Admiral. lighter. <laughs> yes, that's, the ashtray that's nuts. with an with ashtray. ashtray with the ashtray. That's crazy. That's 
Like I still remember popping it in, waiting for it to pop out, and you see like the orange glow the from the cigarette lighter. Yeah. I'm like, golly, it's, it's, it's. I don't even know if I'm, the last time I've seen just a normal cigarette lighter. Do they make those anymore? I don't know. In cars? I'm assuming they don't. I, I doubt it. I'm very, very, very shocked that they may still have those. But cigarettes are expensive, man. I don't know. They, uh, I mean, I don't know what you buy a pack of cigarettes for. Probably like around like 20 bucks now or something 20? like that. 15, 20 bucks, I want to say, maybe. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that because it's not going to go. Well, like a single out pack of cigarettes? Because the taxes are so high on them. Um, they, they tax the $20 shit. $20 for a cigarette? They try to like incentivize people not to buy them, but like they're expensive. Dude, don't people smoke like a pack a day? Yeah, I, Jacob would say when he was in the military, he smoked a pack and a half a day. A pack and a half? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how many come back as a dozen? I don't know. I, I assume it's a dozen. I'm naive to all this stuff. Maybe so like 18 or so, I don't know. But, I mean, that's a lot of cigarettes. That's I mean, it's like one nuts. like every 30 minutes. That's nuts. That's nuts. I mean, I know dip's expensive too. Um, I guess all that stuff's getting more expensive and more Well, expensive. I think they, they, they try to tax it at a different rate to where financial. I mean, it doesn't really stop people because you have... Right, nicotine addiction meaning people are going to do it, but uh, they try to tax it at a rate that makes it a lot tougher to um, to want to buy a four on a regular basis. But I don't know if that's actually twenty dollars. That's crazy. I could be wrong on that. It's not like I'm buying freaking cigarettes on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, but like, but it's it's not it's fifteen. I mean, it's hard to add up. I mean, I know that. For, I mean, if you're especially if you're a chronic smoker where you're smoking pretty consistently, it's one thing you have like one or two a day. But if you're consistently smoking, I mean, you're probably spending a good probably. I would have to assume probably at least 50 bucks a week on cigarettes, you know? So, uh, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Like I remember Kaylee's stepdad growing up, he was a pretty big smoker and he would even buy the cheap shit and it was still, it started adding up over a period really? of time. He'd buy like the, the carton of cigarettes, mm-hmm. you know, but he'd buy like the cheapest models of them. But I mean, I still remember, I want to say back in the day, it was still like 20 or 30 bucks for a carton of cigarettes. So, That's so crazy. But That's crazy thing. It is what it is. Uh, I was I'm listening to this podcast right now. That is that Andy Galpin thing I was kind of talking about. He, about. Yeah, he's released a new one. Yeah. I was kind of listening to it yesterday. And like, uh, there was like two things in the podcast I thought were, he had like a quote in there. I was like, uh, and I, um, maybe he kind of stole it from somebody else. Or I, kind of, I feel like I've heard it before. But I was like, it's a really good point. It's like, you overestimate what you can do in a week and you underestimate what you can do in a year. And I feel like it's, that's like very true with a lot of people I that's true, yeah. is that they get motivated and they like really overload their plate and like on a one week standpoint, like they try to do so much in one week because they're motivated and in doing so they end up falling off track or they get super frustrated because they're not seeing tremendous progress in like a two or yeah. three week span. And, uh, and it's like, it's amazing if you like just make it like, long-term. like you just kind of zone out and instead of like trying to do so much right now, like just trying to do like one or two little bitty things, which doesn't seem like a lot. Uh, but the accumulation of that over a year's period is like tremendous. And I think at the, at the moment, it doesn't feel like we're not really doing quote unquote enough. And so you want to do more, 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 more. and in, in the process, it's hard to stick with because you're, you're overloading your plate too much. Like I said, and you end up falling off the wagon. And so I thought that was a really good, like quote in That's that sense cool. where, uh, I think that that happens with a lot of people, including myself at times where, you can uh, definitely... A year's a long time. Hmm? A year's a long time. We got, I mean, if you even take, you know, 1% improvement a, a week. Yeah. You know I mean? We're talking 50-plus improvement over a year's time frame. Uh, and I think, like I said, a lot of people, they want like a 50% improvement like this month. And it doesn't ever quite happen that way. And so, uh, so I thought that was a really cool takeaway. And then also, they're talking about... Because he was talking about 
you know, his ways of, of going about like establishing like a workout protocol and, and regimens and things of that, that nature. And like one of the first things he talks about is like, even though it's kind of cliche, is like, like goal setting and like using the smart protocol. You ever heard like a smart, smart, smart protocol when it comes to like setting goals? I don't think so. It's like specific, uh, what's the, the M stand for? I think it's like, I know the S is specific. O or, or A is attainable, R is uh, realistic, and then T is, um, what is T? I don't know, it's, uh, M and T have kind of, it's kind of losing a thought, thought process on. But basically he's talking about the realistic side of that. Like, and so they were talking about this study they did with a group of individuals where they had them come in and they had them hold a dumbbell out in front of them for as long as they possibly could. Good. And they didn't put a clock in front of them the first time. And they had like four different groups. They had one group where they told them they had a 15% less time than what they actually got. So let's say, for instance, they held it for a minute, but they told them they only held it for 45 seconds. Okay. They had another group where they only did a 5% reduction. So they held it for a minute. They gave them like 55, told them they only held it for 55 seconds. Okay. And then they did the other way to where if they held it for a minute, they told them they held it for a minute five. And then they had another one they held for a minute and they gave them a 15% of, uh, like addition to them. So they told me they held it for a minute 15. And then they brought them in like a couple of weeks later and read it again. And they kind of act like they accidentally put a clock to the side uh-huh. and they told them, you know, hey, this is what you got last time. Beat that. See, see if you can kind of beat it. Now they didn't, and they said they accidentally left a clock to the side to where they could visibly see it, but they weren't actually like right in front of them. And so they did the study and the group who had the 15% less redu- had reduction in their time. So they technically held it for a minute, but they told them they only held it for 45 yeah. seconds. So they did the test again with the clock and they all quit around like 47 to 51 seconds. Okay. Because they thought they had beat their score. They all okay, When technically they held it for a minute the first right. time, yeah, right? The second group where they had on a 5% reduction in their time. So they dropped it right around a minute. So just right around the time they dropped it last time. The group that they gave them a 5% addition to was actually the group that had the most success. Because the 15% person, they said they only held it for a minute. They told them they held it for a minute 15. They got about 45, 50 seconds. And they started shaking. There's like, there's no way I'm going to break that. They just quit. The people who had like the 5% addition in their score were they. Technically held it for a minute. They told him to hold it for a minute five. End up holding had the score. biggest addition to the score. When we talk about like the realistic time frame, like having like an attainable goal of something that's just a little bit scary, but like just outside, outside your zone, but outside your outside zone, right? Zone. So I think a lot of people end up setting like this humongous goal of, you know, I want to lose a hundred pounds or fifty pounds or try to put a, a hundred pounds in my back squat. That seems like such a far way away that a lot of times I end up quitting because of it, right? Instead of saying like what's like this one little bitty realistic goal that's right ahead of me that can, you know, that's a little hey, bit, it's some work. It's a little bit tough for me to reach, but it's within arm's distance that there's obviously a lot of motivation to approve upon that. Right. And it's the same thing even with like a cross up workout where if you're in the middle of a workout, let's say for instance, it's an AMRAP. Let's say for instance, yesterday's workout, uh-huh. right. Where you're going and let's say you beat your score and you have maybe, let's say you have maybe like another minute or two minutes left, you kind of start ramping down a little bit because you oh, yeah, sure. you've already beat your yeah, score at that yeah, point in time, you, right? Like everything from here on out is like bonus points. Technically. Yeah, exactly. 
or, you know, the first time you did a workout and I told you you got like 10 rounds and now actually you got like eight rounds, you get about five minutes in the workout. Like, Oh, there's no way to beat my score. You know? And so it's the same thing can be applied in, you know, to that, to that time frame. Like, but that was kind of cool takeaways, uh, you know, from the podcast. I'm not done with it yet, but I thought those were pretty cool to, to take away so far. And so, um, but we'll kind of make this uh, short and quick. You know, we're kind of at 12 minutes into this already just kind of shooting the shit. But uh, so we're starting a new strength cycle uh, for the next six weeks here. So we're just wrapping it up. Today technically is going to be the last day of the, yeah. of the strength cycle with the power cleans and the strict hands and push-ups. So and so we'll go through this. Yesterday? Just in general. Yeah, a lot of PRs on the on the, on the back squat, like PRs on those PRs that we've had in a long time. Yeah, a lot of PRs in the push jerk. Yeah, a lot of PRs on Monday's rest day workout. Do you have some PRs yesterday in the afternoon for mm-hmm. the uh, the open workout? Uh, I think I mean, am I wrong here? But I mean, a lot of people PR yesterday. Well, the the Cooper Bell bound. He did not. He, he didn't bound. He wanted to bound. Okay. He, and I told him I was like. I really, really tried to convince him not to bounce. I encourage him not, not to. Do it. He Dude, he because he got a whole round better. Uh, he, he did really good. Like, he was on pace for like eight, nine rounds at the beginning. Dude, that's legit. He did good. Because I, when I saw a score, I'm like, he had, he had to bounce. He, he, when I tell you he wanted to so bad, because he hates that rule, um, but he did not. Trevor okay. was the determining factor right there. Okay. He did not bounce. Okay, well, cool. Um, and so we're kind of wrapping up uh, their strength cycle here. And then also we're going to move into our new strength cycle starting next week. And I, I like, obviously, we talked about this a little bit, I think, last time the last podcast or maybe the last podcast before where, um, you know, with these general strength progressions, you know, having linear progressions with them allows us to see the best results. Um, it's not crazy randomized where it's hard to see progression from a week-to-week basis because if you're constantly changing the stimulus that we're doing, then it's hard to see progress from a week-to-week. It, it can be done, but... Uh, it's just a lot more chaotic. And I like to have a little bit more of a systematic approach when it comes to our strength cycles. Um, so day one, so we'll, we'll keep with the front squats, but this is where it's going to change is where um, we're going to be doing some one and a quarter front squats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we've done this before in the past oh, yeah. a little bit um, where essentially you think of it, you're on a front squat, you go down, you come up a quarter of the way. So Roughly around parallel, maybe slightly yeah. less, and you go back down, and then you come up, oh. and that is one completed rep. So it's a lot of time under tension. And tell them how many reps are. So <laughs> we're starting at a pretty high volume. Uh, we're gonna start at like ten reps, so that means the load's gonna be pretty light, light. to start. Um, you guys are probably gonna be somewhere around that forty percentile range for the first week. Then this one will be a little bit more straightforward. We're each progressively weak as we kind of progress forward the volume will start to come down but obviously the percentages will the weights up. up yeah and so uh, let me go back and look at my notes here for a second so by the last week um we'll be working up to a heavy three in the one and one quarter heavy kind of like we just did with like we did yesterday with the heavy three but it'll be a one and one quarter with it so um so it will probably be a little bit less then compared to like your, your three max, right? Because essentially you're doing like four and a half reps yeah. of, a, of a front squat compared to three reps. So we'll, so let's say I lifted 225 pounds from my three max front squat. It's probably gonna be a little bit less than that. It's probably gonna be somewhere around like 185 to 205. Um, but the, the general idea is to progressively load up in weight as you progress from week to week, okay? And also building up 
more and more leg endurance with that, right? Because that's a lot of time and retention. I mean, one and one quarter front squat alone is probably gonna take somewhere around the range of around like four to five seconds. So I mean, to get through 10 front squats at one and one quarter, like you're talking like 45 seconds to a minute well, that's that part of your shoulders. And at like a, at a moderate load, right? And so uh, that'll be the, the big takeaway in the way of like the class strength cycles. Uh, I'm not going to go into crazy detail when it comes like the strength and the strength balances because we like to throw that out there for people to do. I like to do it myself, but I would probably say Avery's in the gym probably doesn't probably touch good. it at all. Yeah. And so I'm not going to go crazy into detail about it. Um, but we'll go through some uh, snatch grip deadlifts or RDL, sorry, um, and some kettlebell front rack uh, squats. Okay. So, but if you're gonna do those, being a true kettlebell front squat with the kettlebells are like on the anterior part of the body, not rolled up on the shoulders. So that'll be a little bit more intensive um, through the thoracic spine, but as well as being a little more quad intensive. And then on the strength balance will be a little bit more hamstring work, like kettlebell Jefferson curls. Uh, so kind of like some mobility training in there. Um, as well as some single leg work, whether it be like bulgur and slit squats or, or uh, like uh, Cossack squats, things of that nature. Okay. Um, day two, so we've been doing overhead for these past two cycles with strict press and push press and push jerk. Push jerk. Uh, so we're going to go back to a little bit more of a horizontal press. Um, so we're going to go back to our incline pressing. But we're going to set the incline at a little bit of a lower incline. So I don't want like a really high incline. Okay. Uh, and so we're talking, so like you've the flat bench being at 90 degrees, you know, standing would be 180 degrees. <clears throat> we'll be somewhere in between there um, to where, uh, so we're sorry, bench being zero degrees, standing would be 90 degrees. Um, we'll probably be like at a 15 to 25 degree angle with mm-hmm. that bench. So, so not, uh, very not very high. Um, so you're still kind of working a little bit of vertical pressing to a degree. But your, your incline is always going to be at a less weight compared to your bench press, mm-hmm. but it's going to be heavier than your strict press, yep. right? Because if you kind of think of the angles of it, uh, you know, if you, everybody should go bench press more than strict press, unless you're just some type of Weird. freak of something, <laughs> uh, you know, like some people who can push jerk more than they can split jerk. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> but, uh, but it'll be somewhere between those two loads. So let's say I can strict press 135 pounds and I can bench press 225 pounds. And I'm probably going to incline press somewhere around 155 to 185 pounds in that range, sure. more than likely. Uh, so that'll be, and then kind of what we'll do there, same general concept where we'll gradually work our way down from week to week, um, working up to like a two rep to one rep max on the incline. Okay. Bench. Yeah, but, uh, and we're not, we're going to keep a little tempo involved with it. I think with movements, especially like some like a, an incline press, I don't like people like to just like completely like, not do any eccentric work and like slam the bar down uh, to where we're going to have a little bit of tempo, not crazy amount, just like a two-second lower. So that way you're at least controlling, controlling the weight and owning the weight. You're not slamming the bar down every single time. Uh, it's the only reason why we're going to kind of apply that two-second lower there. Uh, the strength balance and the strength stuff will be barbell rows and some overhead pressing like pseudo arm presses, things of that nature. And then uh, the strength balance will be a little bit more uh, like single arm rowing, uh, as well as some bicep and some rear delt work. That'll be kind of the strength balances on for day number two. Day number three, so we've been doing like our power clean work on Thursdays. We're gonna kind of shift that into Wednesdays. Wednesday. So um, there will be a little bit of a combination of power clean and squat clean 
will start off in the hang position first and do a little combination of both the hang and the power, or sorry, the uh, hang power and, and hang squat. squat. Uh, and then we'll progressively work our way down to the floor over those six weeks, um, where eventually we'll just transition into squat. Okay. Um, so we do a lot of power, we'll kind of transition into squat clean. I think still a good amount of people can probably accomplish a squat clean fairly decently. Um, if you don't feel comfortable with that, you can stay with power clean, that's fine. But I think most people can probably still be okay getting into a squat clean for the yeah. most part. Uh, and so we'll kind of progress that over the uh, six weeks as well on Wednesdays. Uh, on the strength balance and the strength work, uh, we'll go back to some single leg work again with some back rack split squats and some pull-up stuff. And then as well as some single leg work with like landmine work, whether it be like curtsy or kickstand squats or okay. uh, curtsy, curtsy, curtsy lunges, things of that nature. Um, then on Thursday, we'll be a little bit more like uh, relative strength work where we're going to go with the weighted pull-ups and weighted dips. Like I've heard people being excited about the incline press and then those. Those about <laughs> yeah. the body and dip, okay, dip and pull-up. Uh, so that'll be where we're going to transition to Thursday, which I think is a good leeway for Thursdays anyways because that's yeah. a little bit more... Yeah, I think it, it, it fits Thursday better than what we have yeah. it now, I think. Um, just because Thursdays are a little, I want to say like bodybuilding, right? But it's more muscular fatiguing, <clears throat> bodybuilding type. You're not doing a frame on Thursday. Huh? You're not doing a frame on Thursday. You're not doing a frame on Thursday. Yeah. We're not like getting crazy out of breath on Thursdays. Uh, so to be weighted chin-ups and weighted dips on uh, on Thursday will, I don't like them. Mm moderate volume, like four to six reps will be kind of where we'll start off at. And then we'll kind of keep that rep range from every two weeks and then we'll kind of transition the volume down Don't slightly. Don't they have a lower? Huh? Don't they have a lower? They have three second lowers. Um, that makes a difference. Yeah, and so weighted being like the prescribed variation, obviously, if uh, we can't do that, we can't obviously do a body weight chin up or a body weight dip, or maybe we can, we just can't accumulate that kind of volume, then we can use some type of assistance of bands like that to help us out. And always the general idea when doing something like this is that progressive overload from week to week. So, and this is in which we talked about this before, but people just don't do the greatest job of doing it sometimes, is tracking your progress on a week to week basis on the strength protocols. That way you know what you're doing. Yeah, so like for instance, if I'm doing a chin up, let's say maybe I'm using a green band, right? And let's say maybe the first set, because our first the first week, for example, is going to be a 10-minute EMOM. On one minute, you'll do chin-ups. On the next minute, you'll do dips, alternating back and forth for five total sets, right? And it's four to six reps. So let's say I use a green band for my chin-ups. Let's say the first round, I do six. Second round, I do six. Third round, I do five. Fourth round, I do five. And last round, I do four, mm-hmm. right? Well, so I've gone six, six, five, five, four. Okay, in that range. So next week, my goal is to try to do more sets of six, uh-huh. or at least by the last set, I'm doing five. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, best case, like worst case scenario, I'm trying to do six, six, five, five, five. Right. If not, I'm trying to do six, 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 five at the end. Right. So I'm accumulating more volume that way with the same band until I can accumulate all the reps with the band. So if I got all sets of six, so I got five sets of six in. I know the next week, okay, then I need to go to a lighter resistance band and see how many reps I can do there, right? But 
If not, I can't do all six reps with that green band, then the next week my goal is to try to do more sets of six with that green band yeah. and try to accumulate more reps that way. I was trying to beat what you did last week. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean like you're not going to get like a tremendous amount more, right? You're only looking for like a, a smidgen of improvement. We're talking rep, like a rep. Better. Like a rep or two, <laughs> that's it total, right? Like if you can go an extra set of six or two more sets of six, so that's only two more reps, then that's an improvement, right? That's a linear progression that you're looking for. I think sometimes people think of linear progression like these humongous jumps from week to week, like you're adding on 10 to 20 pounds every single week. And that, that's not going to be, it's like very, very minor gains. You're talking like half percent to like a percent increase in what you did. And so that's why tracking your progress from each of these strength progressions is very, very crucial. If you're not, if you're not doing that, you're, gonna, you're kind of shooting in the dark every single week and you're just kind of guessing. And so when you actually have a game plan, just like the analogy I used early on in the podcast talking about like that study with the holds of that mm-hmm. dumbbell, you're more likely to push. Having a realistic goal. Well, if you have an idea of like actually what I'm trying to shoot for, it's a lot easier to actually push yourself to that limit, right? Think of just like Monday's workout with the row double under thruster. Yeah. Because you had a goal. If you did that right the first time, time you had a guy, you had a goal in mind, right? So, and you're more likely to push for that goal when you have it compared to if I just like gave that workout again without even telling anybody it's a repeat. There's a likelihood you might not even beat your old score, right? Because you're, you're like, even though you felt tired, it, it's just different. Um, and so track your progress from each individual week um, when doing this. And we'll still maintain those three-second lowers. Uh, and over a period of time, we'll, we'll gradually kind of work our way down with that. Uh, and we had this conversation before. I think the guys are more excited for the dip portion. I think, so. I think the girls are more excited for the chin-up the pull-ups. Yeah, that's usually how it works. Uh, and a lot of girls just want to get their first pull-up or chin-up, whatever it may be. So. In, I've, I think people, girls have a higher chance of achieving their first chin up compared oh, to the first pull up. Pull up? Yeah. yeah. Um, and usually you can I don't think people realize how, how much easier it is to do a chin up than a pull up. Yeah, we don't do a crazy amount of chin up work. Um, that's why I'm kind of choosing it now. Because uh, you don't do a lot of like supinated, like underhand work. We do a lot of pronated overhand work. And so uh, because of the fact that you have that, you can involve a little more bicep in the pool. Yeah. Usually a bit stronger. So like I said, I think you have a higher likelihood of, of a chance you have some girls maybe get their first chin up after they end of the Which cycle. Which fun. Yeah. And so... Um, I'm excited today. I know it's Thursday for everybody listening. I'm excited to see who gets their first strict handstand push-up. I don't know. I, haven't seen, I don't know if anybody's got I know in the afternoon there's like a... There's, there's probably like three or four people that have been like really wanting to get extra handstand push-ups. They're trying to get a handstand push-up? Yeah. Like, just like they've been doing like negatives and mm-hmm. like taps and so I'm okay. excited to see. Okay. Uh, I know Sandy's been working on getting hers. Sandy's been, been putting in some work. Yeah. She's been, been doing some hurricane X programming for her to, and her main goal being like <clears> being <throat> extra handstand push-up yeah. and stuff like that. So it's going to be kind of cool. Maybe give her a little push today and see if she should be fun. Um, when it comes to the strength balance work, uh, we'll go with um, some banded flies. Okay. Some banded flies. Uh, get a little more chest work in there as well as some more shoulder work like lateral raises. And then the strength stuff will be some overhead tricep work and some oblique work okay. on top of that. So still kind of sticking with the, the upper body routine for Thursday. Uh, and then Friday, because of the fact we normally do uh, longer workouts on Fridays, mm-hmm. we don't, which we're kind of changing the structure up because obviously we've got the open coming up uh, next week. So for a couple of weeks there, we'll just, we don't even know what the work that's going to be. Um, and then we'll kind of transition back to our normal, just kind of grindy workouts on Friday. So no more long, long, the like, oh, I'm so sad. 
<laughs> I feel like there's, it's kind of like Interval Tuesday. Well, I say Interval Tuesday. I think more people hate the long EMOMs than oh, Interval 100%, Tuesday. 100%. Like, people hate them. People hate Tuesdays, but they know they're going to get a good workout, so mm-hmm. they still show up. Yeah. People just don't show up to Friday sometimes. Yeah. And so, uh, so we'll go back to our additional, like, longer style workouts for Fridays. And then we'll eventually have to transition into some type of Murph prep. I don't know if we'll, what day we'll put that on. We're a little bit too early for that because Murph's not until the end of May. But it's just kind of an FYI for that. Uh, Sneaking up on us. Yeah, but for Saturday or Friday, sorry, we'll move into a little bit of um, little bit of chest. Because, like, Thursday was a little bit more arm kind of intensive. Uh, we'll kind of move into some chest and some hamstring work for Friday with some sumo deadlifts and some dumbbell bench, as well as some strength balance and motor curls. And uh, we'll go back to some incline work again on the, the strength work there. So we'll get a little bit more vertical pressing as well as some more uh, lower upper body stuff for the for the okay. for Friday. Because I know how people like like the trade Mancusos of the world. like, like their, their Friday full uh, sesh. They like their Friday pump yeah, sesh too. for sure. And so that'll kind of be the general guideline. Uh, with our strength balance for the next six weeks. Um, and we'll kind of see how Austin will progress it over a period of time. They'll have some testing at the end of it. With, I think, the two main things uh, people are going to be the more excited about with the chin-up and dip portions. So. Uh, some people might be excited about doing a, a max squat clean, but I don't know how people are going to feel about uh, that. I feel like people will get behind that. Maybe. Some people just don't like, like, a lot of people like power cleans. I think it's cleans. so funny how like so many people like to do power cleans, but as soon as you say the word squat clean, it's like the world ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything squat wise, at least like a, a squat snatch or like a squat clean, people are just like, no, nah, I'm good with that. I don't want that to do that. I mean, they could do like power clean into a squat if they really wanted to. They could. I mean, but on a technical standpoint, were you ever one of those guys who could power clean more than a squat clean? Uh, no, but I would always end up running into the trouble of like, my power clean would catch up to my squat clean, mm-hmm. and then I would have to find a new squat clean max. So once your power clean caught up to you, like, okay, now I can squat clean yeah. more? Okay. Yeah. Mine was always the pull. Like, I could always get under it, but I, I could never pull it high enough to get under it. Like, on your power clean or your squat clean? Squat clean. Well, yeah, eventually you get to that point in time where... Like, I was... I like, guess some people, they can get under it. I wasn't the guy that could get under it and then whatever fail to squat. I was just no. always the guy that could never get under it. Before. Yeah, that's, that's me. Like, that always kind of blew my mind. It's not like you get under the bar that they couldn't stand it up. Yeah. But it does happen. I mean, for sure it happens. If you're, if you're getting to that point in time where you're, you're starting to squat clean relatively close to your best front squat, obviously you're going to have a hard yeah. time getting underneath there because of the fact that you're catching it at such a low position, especially if you get heavy enough and you're receiving that bar in such a low position, you're going to have a hard time standing up standing out of the front up. squat or out of the squat clean itself. Um, but if you think about it on a physics standpoint, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to squat clean more than you can power clean. Yeah, for sure. But I think people put the brakes on because they're not physically comfortable in a squat in general. Yeah. You know, they don't surprise you getting the bar so much faster. Yeah. Well, you got to think of the, the bar. Your body's having to travel probably a greater distance, but the bar doesn't have to travel yeah. as much distance. Because you got to think about if you're, if you're doing it properly, the bar is not going to, especially as you get heavy, the bar is not going to travel that much higher than your hips. Oh, yeah. I'm saying bed button. As you guys get, as you guys are getting really, really heavy, and um, and so you have to pull yourself under the bar, as well to get under why it. you should be able to squat clean because the bar is not traveling as high into the air compared to a power clean to a squat clean. I feel like it's a switch for some people. I don't. Know. It, is a, it is a much a mental switch because you have to be comfortable landing, like trusting yourself to get yeah. down there. And it's kind of one of those deals where, for some people, it, it's not a good idea. 
Um, if you already have difficulties in the squat itself to where um, you can't stabilize yourself into the bottom of the squat, um, like let's say for instance you are doing a front squat and you don't still have quite the mechanics for a front squat or you don't feel comfortable stabilizing yourself in the bottom of the squat and like in a front squat, there's no way in hell you're going to receive a good like, head Try to be getting under the bar really fast, with move speed. your feet, move your elbows all yeah, at the same time. And all the speeds like that. Um, and so for some people, it's, it's not a good idea to be doing it right. And that's where kind of a coach comes into play where, uh, we have to make that call for them to say, look, let's just do power and not do squat. Right. Or somebody just doesn't want to do it in general. It's just not in line with what they yeah. want. That's fine too. Just do power instead of doing squat. Not a big deal. Um, but we'll kind of incorporate that a little bit. <laughs> I had to laugh because I don't know if it's the last podcast, but the one before that one where we're talking about like, pistols, overhead squats yeah. and how we don't really program them. And Sarah Margaret comes up to me and she goes, she was talking about the podcast and she was like, I didn't even realize we weren't even doing that. Now, because you said we are doing them, I want to do them. Sarah Margaret. Because she's like, like I'm good at those movements. She's like, I'm oh good at pistols, I'm good at head squats. She's like, I, didn't even, I just didn't even think about, we ever haven't even been doing those at all. She like, and it just like made her think about it. No, she's That's thinking about like, oh, we don't do pistols and, and overhead squats anymore. But I think the last time I even programmed them, which was years ago, pistols, uh, even people who could do them, they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that movement. It's just, I, it's just a sketchy movement, man. It's, it really is to me. Uh, I mean, unless you want to compete, I don't see a purpose in them. Uh, I mean, there's I mean, a, if they're cool, I mean, there's, there's a, a part argument to be you know? made where should you maybe strive for the mobility and to be able to, to do, be able one. do one in a proper good position where your feet are flat, you're able to hit good depth with a relatively vertical torso um, and, be able, and, and be in control of that movement. There's an argument to be made there that you should maybe want to be able to do that too. Depending on what your goals are, right? Yeah. You can never do a pistol first. You'll have to be perfectly fine. It'll be okay. But, um, and I think that's a small portion. Uh, but there is an argument to be made. Like it's, it's, it's kind of one of those deals like uh, any movement can't be, be performed safely, right? Okay, but yeah. it can be. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's a lot easier to perform an air squat safely than it is a pistol squat, right? right. Some have a lot, lot lower barrier of entry than others. And um, like I said, there's, there's an argument to be made with the pistol if, it, if it's a good movement or not a good movement. I would say for us, the majority of the population, not a good movement. No, yeah. uh, but maybe having a goal of having you know, the mobility to be able to do that in a safe, progressive manner. It does feel cool to be able to do it. Well, and especially if you see somebody who can do it really looks good. well, it is, a, yeah. it, is a good, it is a good looking movement. Um, but it's just one of those things you run into the problem of people, uh, you know, the car crash of like doing it for the sake of doing it, right? And, and by any means necessary. On the balls of your feet. On the balls of the feet, knees way over the toe in the way of like, because uh, you're all on the ball of the feet where you're putting too much pressure on the knee um, and a really rounded spine, the knees diving in. Uh, all these different factors that come to play in doing it. We got Jennifer walking into our podcast right now with a squeaky door and interrupting it. Uh, that and, I don't know, it's just not an advantageous movement in my opinion. I do remember my Unbelievable. Freaking believable. <laughs> That's Jennifer, guys. That's Jennifer disrupting everything right now. <laughs> and so, what'd you say? Uh, I always remember when we would do it, my glutes would get so sore for doing pistols. Your what would My glutes would get sore. Oh, man, my ass would get sore. Like, my ass would be sore for days after pistols. Mm-hmm. Which is good. No, yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, 
But like I said, I think you could you could substitute that movement out by doing like box step ups or lunges. Like box step ups. Um, as like a single leg movement where you're getting very similar movement patterns. Uh, it just requires way less mobility yeah. um, to accomplish, right? It's not like your body recognizes the differences really between a pistol and a box step up. Yeah. Right? It's not like your body's like, oh, you're doing a box step, oh, you're doing a pistol. It's recruiting the same, pretty much the same muscle fiber to uh, complete the rep. It's just the pistol requires so much more mobility and motor yeah, control right. to, to accomplish. And so it's, it's kind of one of those things you have to kind of sit down like, okay, what are the, the risk reward here of, of doing that particular movement? And it's one of those things like I'll say it's like it's, it's, it's a, a never say never moment where it's like, what, ever never program pistols ever again? No, I'll say I never will. Um, but it's just one of those things where I think you have to have a really hard conversation with a lot of people and say, look, like for most of you guys, this isn't something you should be doing. You should be doing. Um, and it's one of those things I've kind of noticed as a gym owner, when you, when you program something, maybe at first, let's say maybe you program, let's say it is pistols. And at first people are like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to do that. Uh, but the more you program it, the more frequently you program it, people have a tendency to say, well, maybe I want to try that. Yeah. Right? And they maybe start putting forth a little more effort to I think the more familiar it. they get with it, the more they're probably inclined to try it. Yeah. Well, like, or just, or just like, hey, how can I go about doing that? Yeah. Bit, right. They start asking questions about how, how can they do it? Um, the only bad thing is like, how much time can you really invest in, in performing that movement? It's really the, kind of the biggest deal. Um, and that's why... I, you know, as a, as a programmer, you have to really kind of sit down and, and weigh those things out to say, okay, you know, with this particular movement, like, like a pistol, where only a small slither of your population can probably complete that in a good, safe manner. Um, and for somebody to achieve that movement, how much time they would have to, and honestly, everybody's different on what that yeah. is. Some of you have to invest more time than others. And for most people, I would say probably 90% of people who come here, that hour is an hour. Right, like they're not investing any time outside of that in the way of like exercise to improve upon their performance. Right, they're relying on what we give them in class to improve their performance. That sixty-minute window, right? right? And like, we're not going to spend twenty minutes of a class talk like trying to improve talk the about pistols, pistol. like and trying to improve the pistol. Right, you have like three people in that class that might want to do it. Exactly, right? and so same thing like the bar muscle up thing. Like we can't spend 15, 20 minutes trying to improve upon the bar muscle up, and uh, and so they're relying on what they have in the hour to improve their fitness. And so, and people have more time to dedicate outside that. Like, like dude, I'm not going to sit around for 20 minutes extra three times a week yeah. and, and work on pistol progressions. Um, I'm not going to do that. And so you have to kind of weigh, you know, pros the pros and cons of that and, and, and determine, you know, what are, the, what are the best movements in this repertoire that I can use that most of you are going to see the biggest thing for their buck and, you know, fitness improvement um, that has a low enough barrier of entry that uh, most people in our gym can perform in a safe manner, but also having some sprinkles of movements here and there that are maybe a little bit of a stretch to a degree that are tremendously uh, overreaching, um, that people can say still kind of maybe work towards over a period of time. But I don't know, pistols just seems like a little bit far down the list. Yeah. I mean, it's different if you like sign up for like Hurricane X, I guess, and mm -hmm. like want to like maybe like learn a pistol or do something yeah. like that. Um, but kind of like you said, it's hard to, it's hard to justify spending 10 minutes in a class talking about a pistol. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it is a cool movement though. I will say it is, yeah, it's, it's a cool just, looking movement. I haven't done one in such a long time personally. Someone asked me to do one the other day and I was able to do one, but like, they're just a weird one. 
Are you? Do you have one leg that's better than the other leg? Uh, yeah, I want to say my 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 left leg was better than my right leg. Really? Because t- it's weird though. My left leg is technically more strong than my right leg. Than your right leg. Like when we do like Bulgarian split squats or you know, that, leg, my left leg, leg, leg is more my dominant leg. Uh, and usually whatever you, like if you do like a split jerk, whatever leg usually goes out in front uh-huh. is tendency to be the stronger the leg. Strong leg. Like I'm assuming your right leg, right? For you. Oh, well, you don't want really to split jerk. Um, but, I mean, yeah. But do you have a stronger leg? I'm sure. I'm sure. But I'm for me, it's stronger my stronger leg. my right leg. Though. Yeah. For sure, it's my right leg. Um, like, for instance, I, I won't say, like, it's tremendously stronger, but it's definitely noticeable. Like, where I have to... Like I have to be... Know. Yeah, I have to be conscious of when doing... Like, for instance, like, doing, uh, like, strength movements that are single-leg work stuff, like Cossack squats or Bulgarian split squats. I have to be conscious of, like, starting with my right leg first. Because if I... Because I'll do my left leg, and let's say I'm doing Bulgarian split squats, right? I'm doing, like, 70-pound dumbbells. And do 10 reps and then if i switch over to my right leg right leg i can't accomplish all 10 reps of my right leg right. and so have me conscious of like starting with the weaker side and just matching it up with the left side, side where i'm not like overdoing one yeah. side more than the other and so uh so now that's definitely a tendency for me um but yeah i mean but when it comes to like that that pistol progression i'm just not the I always had one like where i could like stay in my heels like perfectly and just like sit back and then i had one like where don't you have, do you have funky ankles? Yeah, I got weird ankles. And so like I had one like I'd have to like roll up, not roll up, but like I could feel my pressure kind of going in my toes. Mm-hmm. One thing we have to talk about here pretty soon, um, which will probably put a release date on that is the, uh, if you made it this far into the podcast, is the uh, in-house partner competition. Oh yeah, what was the TIFF? Uh, something like that. I gotta look at the dates. No, it's gotta be further than the that. The TIFF would be the, Maybe. the fourth week. It would be the fourth week? Okay, yeah. so March 10th. So, which are about a month away from that now. Um, and so we'll have to talk about that, give some more details about that. People are starting to ask about it. Yeah, because we're going to do the same similar structure as we did last year. Maybe an extra workout this year. I think we maybe plan for three. Three. Because um, we're not including the open like we did last year. So to have a little bit more, quote-unquote, test of fitness, we might do three. Um, but more details will have to emerge about that, which we have pretty much, it's, like I said, same general structure as last year. So yeah. divisions and things of that nature will look all the same we'll kind of try to keep it to where uh you're kind of in and out roughly we're out of here maybe like between one and three o'clock okay. where we're not spending like here from like eight to eight yeah um and try to keep the workouts in a time frame to accomplish that and so uh so we'll talk about that more maybe next podcast maybe that could be our next podcast is solely talking mm-hmm. about that particular subject um so make sure you guys kind of st- stick around for that and then also um i haven't gotten everybody's final opinion on it it seems like most people are on board for the uh the new app possibly we might be switching over to which yeah. we haven't really talked on the podcast about we can introduce that um so potentially switching over to which i'll probably end up making a post about that either tomorrow or monday okay. about switching over to it at least at least everybody i've, I've talked to so far we're kind of like in the beta test of it um have seemed to like it the only thing uh because I asked Lakin and Sydney just a little while ago. Uh-huh. Lakin was like, well, I really don't like how it's dark. Yeah. 
And um, but you can go change the theme on it. Oh, can you? Yeah, you can okay. change it to a different color scheme to where it looks differently and on on the app of colors. <laughs> and so, uh, so that was the only complaint I've heard from from anybody was was that what even it's a complaint. But uh, and obviously, Leland was not very happy that he can't. Well, I say not he's very. He's got happy. a character. He, maxed he has out. a character maxed <laughs> out, which Shelby is very happy about. I'm sure. I'm sure and so, uh, potentially switching over to that new app, and uh, you know, there's there's some reasons why we're switching over to it. Uh, it's not like it has to be a must. So we kind of had a group of people kind of beta test it to kind of see how they liked it and whatnot. I'm sure some of you guys have kind of seen it and and heard about it. And so, uh, we'll be switching over to that here pretty soon as well. Um, and we'll maybe talk about that a little bit as well in maybe the next podcast. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll start new podcast starting on, or not new podcast, new uh, strength, strength cycle strength. on Monday. Uh, and then I guess the last thing is how you think the, uh, well, two quick things. We'll also talk about this next podcast as well is how you think first race day went. I think the race day went very well. I thought so too. I thought it went very well. Yes. Um, I think people are excited about it. Uh, and like I think it would be just another day that people look forward to coming to. Yeah, so I think that was pretty much went over really well. And then lastly, which the first one's always the hardest one. Oh boy. What's your uh, prediction on the first open workout? Uh, man, it's tough. I haven't really thought about it. Um, I haven't really put that much effort into it either yet. But uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think they come out with the kettlebells out the gate. You think so? I think so. Early on. I think so. I think it's the first workout. Yeah, shock and all? I think so. I think, well, they did okay. that with the dumbbells, and so I imagine they will with the kettlebells. Okay, so you're going to say kettlebells. What's the kettlebell movement? Goblet squat. Goblet squat. Goblet squat. Okay. I think, I think they come out straight up original. Okay. Goblet squat. I think it's goblet squat and maybe like... I really wanted to say dumbbell front, or dumbbell front rack lunges. Okay. I really think they would do that. Um, but I'm going to say goblet squats... Goblet squats, pull-ups, and double-unders. Okay. That's what Goblet squats, double-unders, and what else? Pull-ups. And pull-ups? That's an interesting combo. That's what I'm going to say. AMRAP or for time? 18-minute AMRAP. 18, very 18. specific. Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty good bold prediction combo. That's what I'm going to go for. Okay. Well, cool deal. It'll we'll probably start. change, but... Between now and then? For sure. And they'll... I think they're releasing the work... Well, I'll say the, the live... Broadcast. I think Sydney told me earlier it was like two o'clock on Thursdays. Two o'clock our time. Okay. Was with a so you and they draw that shit out for twenty I mean, minutes. Be like a three hour thing. But. Yeah. So they'll probably actually find the workout like close to like two thirty, okay. if I had to assume. What do you think it's gonna be? Um. I also think they're gonna do kettlebell swings at some point. Let me ask this: Do you think they do a repeat of last year's workouts? Uh. I think they repeat the wall walk double under workout. From two years ago. Two years ago. I hope they don't. I think they're gonna. I hope they don't. Because I think I think it's about time they redo a wall walk workout. I think that workout gonna, was tough. I think they're gonna redo the death of workout from last year. The one up to ten back down? That's disgusting. I hope they don't do that to y'all. <laughs> That's miserable. I I really hope they do the wall walk double under one. Um, I'm trying to predict. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they'll. I'm gonna say for the first open workout. I'm gonna have a legit answer next week for mine. Legit answer. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Also, I'm gonna say toe bar. 
don't know. Uh, I'm going to say wall walk. Wall walk. Maybe, I don't know, they usually don't start with the rig pretty early on. They usually keep it pretty simple. They usually don't do anything on the rig for the first week. The Not first always. week? First week, they usually keep it relatively simple movements. I'm going to say wall walk. No, I don't do know. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Of, huh? Watch them do like a push-up. Push-up, something. something simple. I'm going to say... I'm going to say burpee box jump over. Okay. It's not a bad guess. Burpee box jump over. I'm going to say kettlebell deadlift. Okay. And <sighs> double under. Nice. Double under? That's a bad combo. That's being nasty. Something like that. That'd be nasty. That's a little bit of a complicated side, but not tremendously bad. Yeah. They like their burpee box jump over. I have the very box jump over, so we'll see. Uh, that's my prediction, but I could be wrong. Obviously, I, I don't. I think Kevo Deadlift is a cool one, but Kevo Deadlift. I really think they're going to do the lunches, but I just can't. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not confident enough to say they're going to do it. I don't know with the lunges. I think with if they're trying to think about an affiliate, lunges are sometimes hard to complete. Yeah. In the way of like uh, square footage wise, that's not saying they won't. Um, it's definitely possible. Before, they have before. But... But I think they're trying to do a better job of like thinking about the layout of a floor for an affiliate to where they can run like big classes and not be too much of an issue. And lunging being a tough one to, to pull off. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit weary of like them doing lunges because of that reason. I could be wrong, they could be screwing us anyways. They've done that plenty of times before in the past. Uh, I try to think about them trying to keep the workout in a degree where it's relatively not overly complex in the way of uh, taking up a whole lot of space, um, which I thought they did a pretty good job of that last year. And so I think they're going to try to somewhat keep that same theme where you're not going to be moving around a whole bunch, uh, where you're doing... Stay in uh, like one general area. Yeah, I don't think they're going to... Like, I don't think handstand walking will be in there. No. Uh, I don't think that they'll do lunging. Me personally, I don't think they'll do shuttle runs. Uh, at least not in the open. I could be wrong, like I said. No, uh, they they don't always save like the shuttle runs and that stuff. I mean, now that you say that, like the lunges, like they save that for quarterfinals. Yeah. So I think uh, I think all your stuff will be wall walking, box jumps, barbell things, root not, like clean snatches, whatever it may be, and then rig work. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. It's what they always do. Um, do they put a rower in there as well? I don't think so, but I'm, I can be wrong. Rower, maybe rower first workout. That'd be nasty. Rower. Rower. I'm gonna say. There you go. That okay. Now we're on. Now we're okay. Now okay. So we're gonna go. I'm gonna go rower. Okay. Burpee box jump over uh-huh. and goblet squat. That's okay. That's a good guess. I'm gonna say that. All right. I'm gonna lock mine in next week. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say amrap. 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 I'm gonna say, like, I'll say, I'll say. Twenty-two minutes. 20, oh god, twenty three minutes. <laughs> twenty three minutes for twenty twenty three. I like that. Uh, so we'll say we'll say prediction. We'll say rower, burpee, box jump, goblet squat. You heard it here first. Okay. All right. So, all right. We'll talk to you guys next time. See y'all.